0: Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. to the podcast it's a thrill to have you back and joining us joining me I should say in this conversation which is a continuation of last week's episode on boundaries if you didn't yet listen to that you might want to go back and listen to that first because this episode is a continuation of that topic of that topic of boundaries which is so current and important I think for all of us right now I kinda of wanna start by saying this isn't a topic that I have, like, accomplished with great skill. I definitely have it in some areas of my life. I have it really, really accomplished in a, in a very high level way, I would suggest. But in other areas of my life, I really don't. So it's a practice for me, it's a practice for all of us. And what I'd invite you to do is, as I'm talking Maybe think about one or two areas in your life that you would like to have higher level boundaries around that you would like to introduce more clarity around what your yes is and what your no is. What I do know is that the truth of it is, is that boundaries create a deeper heart connection with others. When you have a clear boundary, you know where you stand and then others or one other also know where they stand in relationship to you. And ultimately, that distinction creates greater love, possibly even more joy and all the positives can flow from that clearly delineated space. My experience is that ground uh, boundaries yield greater freedom and offer potential for release. And it's really within this framework, this framework of a boundary that we're able to create more freely, create more space, create more uh, references, more ways to grow. So, for example, if I think of it just from a yoga perspective, if we have the boundary of a pose, we have the limits of our body, the expanses of fingertip to fingertip, front foot to back foot, one side of the torso to the other side of the torso. And once we create distinct awareness around that space, what that that space is holding within our framework of our body. What we can then do is I'll say improve, but um, amplify our awareness so we can take the breath inward into that boundary space that we've become aware of front foot to back foot, top hand to bottom hand. I'm imagining in my mind, for some reason, the pose triangle, Trikonasana, um, and how that extremely kind of expansive stretch of the limbs, the torso, the body, the arms, the legs, how that creates like a space of delineation that our body holds. And then from that place, we can drop our awareness right inside, using the breath as the bridge to create more space. So rather than limiting us, I wanted to just kind of bust this myth straight off the off the <laughs> off the starting block, which is that actually boundaries create more space. They don't limit us. They don't shut us down. They don't block us they actually end up creating more space so i'm going to talk a little bit about some boundary myths i'm going to talk a little bit about some ways that you can practically set a boundary i felt last week we were really exploring the topic of boundaries and this week i just wanted to drill down a little bit more practically for you and give you some ideas around how you can also Practically go about setting a boundary maybe with yourself or with others and then I will drop into essential oils again. I'm going to drop into cassia essential oil and yarrow essential oil with a little fragrance of lemongrass as well. So hold tight for those towards the middle and end of this uh, conversation so I'm going to offer you up another definition of a boundary this is from Terry Cole who wrote the book boundary boss she says you know your preferences when you have a boundary this is she says you know your preferences your desires your limits and your deal breakers and you have the ability to communicate them clearly and concisely in your relationships I'll repeat it You know your preferences, your desires, and your limits, and your deal breakers, and you have the ability to communicate them clearly and concisely in your relationships. So a reminder of the places that we can set boundaries, we can set a healthy boundary in our emotional life, around being seen, being heard, acknowledged, knowing that our feelings and our needs are important, are met by self and other we can set a boundary in the physical space. Maybe we need a certain degree of alone time. Maybe we need a certain amount of privacy. Maybe we need to have a certain quality of physical space. It's really interesting once we start to explore the physical space. I actually have a friend, such a dear friend, and her physical spatial boundaries, I have two actually, and they're both writers, incidentally. I don't know what it is about writers. They're like experience of physical space is is really interestingly like narrower to mine so for example they'll constantly be like touching my knee or stand really close to me and at first it used to really bug me and i would kind of start to back away and start to walk away from them because i did feel like my spatial boundary was being crossed but once i kind of understood that it was an expression of their sense of feeling close to me and wanting to feel close to me I could, I could contain it. I could hold that kind of close, um, yeah, that closeness, that physical closeness. But it is important to know that with some people you may well want to have a physical distance. So for example, another example I'll give you, I used to have a yoga student who at the end of every yoga class would come and like throw open their arms wide for uh, them to give me a hug. And I kind of went along, it was very early on when I was teaching yoga and I kind of went along with it for a while. Like, oh, that's great, let's have a hug. And then after a while, I started to be very aware that I was uncomfortable with this exchange. And I was being mentored at the time by another yoga teacher. And I asked this other yoga teacher, you know, what do you think about this? Is this okay? Is this not okay? I don't really feel like it's it's the right thing to do. Incidentally, this other person was a man. And and I couldn't, I wasn't aware really what what, what the exchange was. And this other yoga teacher who I was being mentored by, who was also a man, said, absolutely not. That's not OK if you are not comfortable with that like physical exchange of throwing the arms open, even though you've just come out of this like really beautiful yoga class where you've been teaching and you've been talking about opening your heart and all of these different things, it's not OK if that's not OK with you. And so I was like, well, how do I how do I deal with that? Because we've kind of already set up this exchange where like I hug this person at the end of the class and he was like you can do it the people person who was mentoring me he said you can do it really really subtly but very um, profoundly and clearly just with your body language just a subtle turn of the shoulder a subtle kind of um, firm hand on the arm as opposed to on the arm of the person who was trying to hug me as opposed to like throwing your arms open in In response. He also incidentally said you could like drop a few things into your class teaching and kind of start to word things in the way that you were teaching to to kind of guide around what was okay and what wasn't okay for you. So that's just a couple of interesting examples around physical boundaries and where they can be okay and where they can't, you know, maybe where they're not okay another place we set a boundary is around time so this i've spoken about this last week i'm just kind of recapping for you a little bit how much time do you spend on an activity how much time do you want to spend on an activity whether that be work play mm, a distraction w- whatever it may be and being clear in those those boundaryed frameworks of time that you're spending really i do invite you to choose one to three things that you want to focus on there's many other places that we can set a boundary, and I did go into some of those last week. So again, go back and listen to last week's episode if there's, this is something that you really want to explore further and you didn't hear last week's. A reminder, please don't try and do this alone. Seek a trusted friend, a confidant, somebody with whom you can open up this discussion with, particularly if there's a sensitive area or something very new that you want to set a boundary around. You don't need to go it alone. And if it feels like it's needed, seek a trained um, therapist who can also support you in setting boundaries, particularly if the issue feels sensitive, if it feels like it's um, an expression of of a wounded part of yourself, perhaps even dates back to early childhood or further back. Just take a, like set up a support system for yourself as you go through this process. And know that discomfort is part of the process. We're doing something new here. We're creating a new arrangement, maybe a new relationship, maybe a new environment, a new practice. So this is going to feel weird. It's going to feel strange. It's going to feel unusual. It might feel natural, to set up that new boundary. It might be like a complete relief, like, oh, thank goodness I've set up that boundary and I only have to see that person for 20 minutes a week or what, whatever it is, it might feel natural and a relief, but at the same time, it will be new. So there's often high levels of discomfort that accompany setting boundaries. Good. Let's just have a little explore of some of the myths. And this was taken again from Terry Cole, the author of Boundary Boss. These are some of the myths that she mentions and that actually resonate very strongly with me, which is why I'm sharing them with you here. The first one is that people won't like me. We're worried that people won't like us if we set a boundary. This can come from a pattern that we may have of people pleasing, of wanting to, be the person that people like, that people go to, that people um, can ask for help. Wanting to p- please, for whatever reason, there can be a myriad of reasons. It can range from all sorts of different things again stemming maybe from childhood you may have reasons that you're aware of you may also have reasons that you're not aware of but people pleasing is not the healthiest place to come from when we're creating relationships so just noticing if that is present in your being in your energy in your the formulation of your experience and interaction with others and maybe start to do some work around it people will still like you when you set a boundary. In fact, my experience is not that this even should be the defining kind of quality, like of like getting people to like us. But my experience is that actually it creates a huge amount of respect when you set a boundary and huge amount of clarity, huge amount of clarity between self and other when there is a boundary in place. And clarity can only create connection, can only create a deeper relationship, a more meaningful relationship. That's really what we're seeking in these times. We're seeking to have a depth and meaning in our relationships rather than superficiality and mm, kind of surface level chit-chat. That's what I'm seeking anyway in my relationships. (laughs) another myth is that it can take too long to set a boundary like oh, i can't be bothered to have that conversation with that person it's just going to take too long i've seen this with my kids i've seen this with um, other friends and it is very clear that it takes way longer to not set a boundary (laughs) than it does to set one you will waste so much time you will expend so much energy if that boundary is not in place, that is required and that is needed. It takes way longer to not set a boundary than it does to set one. Yes, it takes thought, discipline, care, intention, clarity to set a boundary, but it's definitely going to save you time in the long run. A third myth is that thinking that we will alienate people if we set a boundary. Now, this is very interesting to me. Some people in my life that I have set clear boundaries with, and maybe very, I, I can set some really strong boundaries with people in my life, the result has been to alienate them. I wouldn't even necessarily use the term alienate because what's actually happened is that person has dropped away from my life as a result of a boundary I've put in place. Whether it's one that I've vocalized with them or one that I've internally kind of set and just energetically vibrated out of my being, Sometimes those people have just dropped away. And of course there can be like huge sadness, huge grief in the loss of any relationship. But ultimately when I take some space and I look back on that relationship, I fully understand that that relationship was not serving me and actually no longer serving them either. So the natural course for that relationship was for it to, to, to drop away. And setting the boundary was the facilitator for that, was the, the, the is conduit the right word? It was the, the, the way that that could happen more cleanly. The other thing that I've experienced, and maybe you've experienced this as well, is that when I see people with very clear boundaries, so I'm thinking now of one of my teachers who, when I first started studying with her, maybe seven or eight years ago, both in person I was much more aware of it in person than I was virtually but when I studied with her in person I noticed she had extremely clean and clear boundaries with her students and what it actually created within me was I didn't feel alienated by it but what I did feel was a huge amount of curiosity it actually encouraged me to lean in much closer to her i was like wow how is she creating this incredible feeling of love and compassion and heart energy in her classes and in her teachings and yet she's so clean and clear with her boundaries like i was very curious about that dynamic and it 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 called me in rather than alienated me so my hope my intention is that when i set clean and clear boundaries with with all the people, that it also does that. That it it may initially be experienced in some way as like, wow, what, why is why is that person <laughs> acting in that way? But if it's somebody who is interested in in learning more about my about themselves about whatever the thing might be that I'm teaching on, my intention is that it will draw them in. Actually, that it will help them to lean in because there's a real safe sense of safety in the relationship. This is a goodie, and I know this to not be true. <laughs> this is a myth that says real love needs no boundaries. Like, uh, particularly, I think we could imagine it with romantic love. Oh, I love this person so much. They can just do this, and and I'll always be there, and yada, 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 yada. My experience, I have a really healthy romantic relationship with my husband. I'm pretty, pretty confident of that. We worked hard at it, and we have been... Um, We've been together for many, many years. We were friends, actually digress here a little bit. We were friends for many years, like 10 years before we were romantically involved. We've been married for like over 20 years. We have we have a strong, stable, loving, compassionate relationship where each is able to hold their own uh, space. And I am very clear with my boundaries with my husband, very, very clear. This is the time that I need for this. This is the space that I need for this. This is the activity that I need you to respect. And I believe that that has created mm, more respect within our relationship for each other. It's something that we're always working on. And maybe it's also something that... um, One of us is working on more at one time than another. I definitely was working on this 10 years ago. It's interesting to see that expansion within your partner. It's interesting to see as your partner maybe sets boundaries with you, newer boundaries with you and you set newer boundaries with them. It's very interesting and it keeps the relationship alive. It keeps it thriving and fun and present because you're you're energetic beings. You're both energetic beings who are changing, evolving constantly, reacting, vibing off of each other, particularly in that intimacy of a romantic relationship. So my experience is that romantic love of all of the relationships needs high level, advanced boundaries to flourish and grow and thrive. Mm. A final myth that I'll touch on is protecting your boundaries makes you selfish. Protecting your boundaries makes you selfish. Which I just think is so interesting, particularly if we frame it in this um, culture that many of us, especially women, were uh, raised in, which is good girls will always help out. Like, if you're a good girl or a good woman, you'll always help your friend, you'll always do this for that person, you'll give them the shirt off your back. And I think this is... myth (laughs) I think this is a myth I think protecting your boundaries makes you extremely open and kind it gives me the, the ability to be more open and to be more kind because when I say yes I mean it I fully mean it with all my heart and soul when I say no it's not You know, I I mean it. So my yes isn't flavoured with resentment of no. And my yes is like, I really will be there when I say I'm gonna be there. I really will do that thing for you that I said I was going to do. So for me, protecting my boundaries actually creates more altruistic behaviour in me. Because when I do say yes, it's coming from a real desire and a real wish to benefit that other person or the situation. It's not coming from a need to be seen to be good, <laughs> to be seen to be helpful, to be seen to be the person who you know everyone can always rely on. Like, I'm not the person who everyone can always rely on. I'm not. I need time when I am... Um, serving myself i need time when i am looking after myself when i'm being kind to myself you can't rely on me 24 days a week all the days of the year you can rely on me when i say yes and in that sense my um, hope my desire is that within my community my family my friends mm, there's more trust there's more trust in my yes It's interesting as we explore this topic further to look at the history of where boundaries were demonstrated to you, if they were at all. Also interesting to look at where your needs were met and were not met. Often where our needs were not met as a child or as a young adult or actually at any age where our needs were not met creates a little pocket, a little opening, a wound, let's call it. And sometimes our resistance to set a boundary can be an attempt to heal that wound when in fact what that wound needs is is a lot of loving tenderness and it needs to be seen, it needs to be held. So I'll give you another pretty personal example from my life. As a as a young child of what was I, I was ten, I think. I was really very severely bullied at school. And this was in the 80s, right? So bullying wasn't a thing. Nobody, none of the teachers knew about it. None of the parents were kind of on it. It wasn't a hot topic. For whatever reason, I was extremely um, severely bullied by a particular um, young boy, actually. And it escalated into a really difficult situation for me where I was alienated from every single person within my class, within my friendship group. So I had a very solitary couple of months when I was being um, bullied in this way by this boy. And so what that created in me was a need to be liked. (laughs) Like, please like me, will you like me? I'll do anything just like me and also created a wound of like, I'm not sure if anyone does really like me, because even though I could intellectually understand why this boy was bullying me, and and of course, with hindsight, I can really understand why this boy was bullying me, at the time, it just hurt. It was just a painful experience of not fitting in and of not belonging at a time when, you know, you really want to fit in and you really, really want to belong. So, I had an, a, a, a period of time in I would say in my early 20s where my boundaries were f- so flimsy because all I really wanted was to be loved to be liked to fit in and it created a, like a dissonance between um, a dissonance between what I wanted and what I was feeling and to create a bridge between those, kind of that, those two spaces of what I wanted and what I was feeling, I would overstep my own boundaries with other people. Please like me. I'll do anything if you'll just like me. That kind of thing. That kind of thing. Okay. So interesting to just think for yourself, where were there times in your life where your needs really weren't met? And does that play into your experience of boundary setting and remember if this is really tender for you fragile for you if it's starting to uh, bring things to the surface in your mind do seek help do find um, somebody who can guide you through this process with a professional tender and sweet system of care so let's Get practical for a moment and look at the ways that you can set a boundary with somebody else. This is kind of my methodology, but also taken from some inspiration from other people that I've studied with over this last few years around making boundaries. The first one is to make your uh, new boundary a request, not a demand. A request, not a demand. This will take the heat out of it a little bit to make it very short, very clear and very kind. One of the ways of communicating that I've been studying in the last year is a practice called Nonviolent Communication, NVC. It's a beautiful methodology of uh, communication and it does very much take the heat out of and and the 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 violence I would say out of language and out of the way that we communicate with each, with each other so if this is interesting to you please go and explore it further I've been studying with Judith Lassiter she has a really excellent book on this uh, the title of which has escaped me but I'll put it in the show notes so that you can see and maybe learn a little bit more about this if it's interesting to you mm. The second thing is that once you have made your request, your clear, kind, short request, if that request is not heard, repeat it and perhaps also explain why you need that boundary, what need of yours is currently not being met by not having that boundary and why it is important for you to have your needs met with this new boundary in place. What that does is it very much takes the onus onto you rather than taking you into a space of blame or shame of the other. Really, really helps you take responsibility for the situation. This is hard, this stuff. Look, trust me, this is really hard, but this is the work. Thirdly, if that request continues to be ignored, you could perhaps state a consequence to the other person. So, for example, this is just a very kind of broad, general example. Maybe while you're in conversation, it might be that you say or express, look, I really want to talk to you about this thing, but it's very hard for me to talk to you while there is anger present. And maybe your boundary is that you step away. So you would say, I'm going to leave the room now and we can talk about this when we're both calmer. And of course, what that does is, it's just gonna give you a bit of space. And of course, it'll actually give both of you a bit of space, you and the other person. There's a little checklist that you can look at before you set a boundary or before you go into setting a boundary with another person. Actually with yourself as well. This this is completely valid for you, for self and other. First one is, what is my intention? So getting very clear about what the intention is with that boundary. The second thing is making sure, ensuring it is clear. There is clarity of intention for self and other. Thirdly, tuning into heart space. So you can just do this by taking a moment to breathe, dropping out of the mental activity of your mind, dropping into the heart space, that area energetically at the center of your chest, just breathing some life into that space and tuning in to the communication between your heart and yourself and asking is this intention being set with an open heart and you'll feel straight away whether it is or whether it isn't whether it's right or whether it's an ego boundary and then the fourth one to check in with is am I willing to reinforce this boundary if it's not met or if it's met with resistance and again that loops back to last week where we were talking about soft boundaries where your boundaries can just kind of crumble as soon as somebody says oh no actually i don't think i want to do that (laughs) but checking in with yourself are you actually willing to follow through with this boundary is it that meaningful and important to you again if any of these are unclear it may be that you can do some work around this issue maybe you can do some inner child work maybe you can again work with a therapist Maybe it might even be that you realise that boundary isn't what you need and p- possibly it's an ego boundary, one that you're kind of just assuming that you need, but may- maybe you don't need it. Good. Okay. I want to look at oils. We looked at some oils last week. The oils that I want to land on today are really about reinforcing self so that we can feel uh, courage and confident and strength and resilience to be able to create and set the boundary that we wish to set or boundaries that we wish to set. So the first oil I wanna talk about is cassia, cassia, which is known as the oil of self assurance. So straight away, you can probably see where I'm going with this. If we have a a people pleasing nature, which is, which is causing us to set or create flimsy soft boundaries or no boundaries, Cassia is going to really embolden us, help us, set us up for feeling stronger, more empowered to create and set a healthy boundary for ourselves. So Cassia is extracted from the bark of the Cinnamomum cassia plant. It's a warm, a spicy essential oil, has so many, many benefits for both the mind and the body. Smells a little bit like cinnamon and it is really a sister oil to cinnamon. Emotionally, it helps us to stand up for ourselves. It is for the timid people pleaser. It helps us prevent us from violating our own truth takes us into that space of a hell yes or a hell no. You've all heard that expression, I'm sure, like if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Remembering if, is your yes one that has a full body yes behind it? And again, another way you can do this, is you just ask your body, like what does my body want to do? Does my body want to say yes to this person or this event or this request? Or does my body want to say no? That will give you some indication if your mind is uh, interrupting. And when we have the full bodied yes, then our yes becomes trustworthy. You know, I'm sure all of us have friends who we might make an arrangement with them and, and this is no judgment on anyone, by the way, (laughs) I'm not thinking of a particular friend in my own life. I'm just using it as an example, um, from somebody that I heard talking about friendship and boundaries and. The example given was uh, you have a friend who is always saying yes. You know, will you come to this event? Yes. Will you do this? Yes. Yada, yada. And then, but you're never really sure if they're actually going to show up. It's like, it's a 50-50. They've said yes, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of (laughs) 50-50. And then we have another friend who might many times say no, but on the times that they say yes, you are 100% sure that that friend is going to show You know that friend is going to be there, they're going to show up for you, and it's a trustworthy yes. So considering this for yourself, do you want to be the person that others can rely on? Or do you want to just say yes, just to kind of smooth things over and keep the peace? I know that I want to, I, I would rather go through the uncomfortable experience of saying no, if I didn't mean it. I've got to that point in my life. I'm too old to say yes when when I mean no. (laughs) Mm. If we say yes when really we mean no, then our yes has this sneaky resentment quality behind it, this sneaky kind of other energy behind it. Maybe it's resentment. It could also be um, like a, a limiting, have a limiting quality to it. There's something disempowering about saying yes when actually our body, our heart, our being is saying no and we're only saying yes out of habit. I wanna read to you a little bit from a book called Elements of Emotion by Desiree de Lunay. And she talks about the spirit of cassia in this way. She talks about cassia being an oil that will help to harness the warrior spirit in each of us. She says that warrior knows their worth and owns their own value and their personal gifts there will be no more minimizing your capabilities power or beauty for that person and she talks she's a five element acupuncturist so she talks about this as well within the quality of yin and yang she calls calls on cassia as a an oil that will um warm the yang energy the yang chi um can unblock the meridians warm and unblock the meridians so she says As Cassia raises up the yang chi, external pathogens are released that have been holding you down. As a result, your inner strength is fortified. Dormant energy rises. Its pungent nature vigorously unblocks hesitation in the heart and in the throat. The heart's truth begins to be clearly expressed through the voice. Cassia gives us a level of courage that others are in awe of. She gives us the strength to clearly define our needs, including what we will and what we will not allow. She is fiercely protective and will provide consequences for the times when our established boundaries are crossed. Others no longer get to define you. She continues, you are a free and powerful being. Stand up for yourself and command the respect you deserve. Allow Cassia the opportunity to assist you in the process of representing your truth, your voice, your values and your passion. Refuse to participate in feeling shame for thinking what you think, feeling what you feel or being who you are. Inspire us with your bravery. (laughs) Shine your essence as you walk with boldness and grace. The more you honour yourself, the more you hold space for others to do the same. And this is key with boundaries. The clearer you are with your boundaries, the clearer others can be with boundaries. You've become a light, you become an example, you become a shining beacon of truth for others for how they can also express their truth and hold their solid yes and their clear no. Now, how can Cassia do all of this? <laughs> I speak about this time and time again, the oil does not do the work for you. <laughs> Newsflash! if you haven't heard me say this already, the oil does not do the work for you, the oil holds your hand while you do the work, the oil partners you while you do the work, the oil emboldens you while you do the work, we do not give all our power over to the oils and just ask them to do it all for us. There's a degree and a level of partnership. And when we engage with intention in this partnership with the oils, it actually empowers the oils, liberates the oils, and actually gives both of us more uh, a clearer boundary, right? That gives the essential oil a clear boundary and it gives us a clear boundary. And then we both know where we are and we can both help each other. Let's look at the science for a moment and the, the way that uh, Cassia functions in the body. Because also this will give you some insight into that strengthening, that inner resolve that we were just talking about within the, the, the yang chi energy. So the main chemical components of cassia bark and cassia oil, the main chemical component is cinnam, oh let me see if I can say this, I'm never very good with long words, cinnamaldehyde, yes, cinnamaldehyde. This natural chemical is what is responsible, responsible, excuse me, for producing cassia's um, spicy, warm aroma. Recent studies suggest that cinnamaldehyde also acts to support, listen to this, healthy molecular function in the kidneys when taken internally. Remember internal usage is only to be done with the highest highest quality of essential oils. I work with doTERRA. They are tested time and time again for their purity. This is the company that I trust for internal usage. I do not work with another company for internal usage. Just to give you a clear boundary around that for a moment. So this recent study suggested cinnamaldehyde acts to support healthy molecular function in the kidneys when taken internally. Internal use of cinnamaldehyde is also known to have potential colon benefits. Study recently published by the researchers at the the University of Arizona suggested that cinnamaldehyde cinnamaldehyde activates an internal antioxidant response in the colon cells. Activation of this antioxidant response is a natural means of maintaining healthy colon cells. So cinnamaldehyde this compound within cassia is an impactful aromatic chemical with huge health promoting benefits when we ingest it internally. It's strengthening us. It's strengthening the very cells of our being. The studies have been done on the colon. The studies have been done on the kidneys. These are the two um, areas that have been studied that I've refer- I'm referring to, but I'm sure you can sense into how this is this science of taking oils internally reflects into the emotion and the energetics of our being. I want to just give you a quick diffuser blend, which is cassia, lavender and bergamot. And this is a blend from the book The Gifts of the Essential Oils and they title it a warm hug. So if you feel in need of that warm strengthening hug, we're just coming into autumn here where I live and starting to get a little fresher. Cassia is a beautiful autumnal oil by the way to work with. That blend Cassia, Lavender and Bergamot would just deliciously warm your house and help settle you and soothe you and really set you up for actually a beautiful night's sleep. Okay, couple more oils before we finish our topic of boundaries today. The second oil I want to talk about is yarrow, and I work with it in a base of pomegranate essential oil, pomegranate um, oil I should say, because that is how doTERRA create their their yarrow, They, they dilute it within this base of pomegranate. Yarrow is known as the oil for energetic safety. It is a bright blue oil. Any of you who've worked with it, you'll know it's bright bright blue like smurf colored blue and the reason being is the compound within the uh, yarrow is called shamazeline which is uh, turns blue when it's uh, when it's uh, put through the chemical process that turns it into an essential oil the flowers of yarrow maybe you know you can visualize it in your mind's eye those little flowers are white but when it's put through the chemical process the the flowers turn that turns the the flowers turn blue the fragrance of yarrow is sweet, green, and pungent. So the movement is circulating. So just with that in your mind, this circulating movement, you can probably tune into the idea that yarrow is an oil for energizing and for renewal. Many of us use it for skincare. It's, um, it's kind of um, sometimes known as Botox in a bottle, great for the skin use it in the evening on your skincare routine it's also very helpful for um, balancing hormones particularly as we move into uh, the later years of our cycle as women but emotionally it has this quality of restoration and renewal i've also heard it spoken about um, as being a soothing uh oil for PTSD and you can use it really at the back of the neck where the brain stem is, just topically apply it here or breathe it in. I want to read to you a little bit about Peter Holmes and what he says about Yarrow. And this will probably give you some insight into how you can use it for boundaries. It's a way to... Um, to continue to reinforce your practice. Boundaries is not a one-time deal. It's not something that is just done once. It is something that needs to be repeated, refined and reinforced. And yarrow is one of the oils that can help give protection around that and also resilience and reinforce anything that you're setting up, that you're setting in place. Peter Holmes says, Yarrow is for those who set in their ways and habits find it difficult to adapt to the pressure of changing circumstances and feel unsure about being able and perhaps confused about even wanting to adjust to an increasingly vulnerable situation. So in that sense, you can probably understand how Yarrow would be really helpful for somebody who had soft boundaries, for somebody who was yielding, who'd kind of suggested that maybe they wanted it this way and then as soon as things felt vulnerable or challenging or difficult the boundary would crumble. Yarrow is going to create a sense of resilience around a boundary that might have been set. Remember it's supporting, it's not doing this for you, it's supporting you. He continues, with its gentle but persistent energy of renewal and forward impetus, the oil is especially effective in helping resolve long-held stagnant emotional patterns with their attendant effect in helping resolve me with their attendant distressed feelings including suppressed anger negativity and shame it supports the breaking of bad habits and addictions whether related to pathogenic emotions or drugs equally active on the mental plane yarrow can help us open to the clarity and insight into a challenging situation helping us sort out the issues involved and envision future possibilities and potentials for resolution For those of you that are interested, it was used as a divination instrument within the um, creation of the Chinese oracle, the I Ching, dried stalks of yarrow were used, so there's historical resonance with this plant for creating mm, insight, for creating and resolving mm, future possibilities and potentials and for resolution. Final oil that I want to talk to you about is lemongrass. Lemongrass will help us to release old patterns. Lemongrass is from the, the grass, and it kind of looks a bit like um, like a golden sword if you were to just kind of look at the plant in as it existed in nature. The energy of lemongrass, of course, is lemony. So it has that kind of bright, expansive quality of the lemony aroma and then the green quality is in there also which gives that circulating movement so it has the expanding quality and the circulating quality so lemongrass for me is one to use if you have had your boundaries crossed and you want to reset you want to clear everything out and reset and start again Lemongrass wipes out the lower vibrations as we hold on to things. It has a very kind of clarifying and cleansing quality to it. So again, if you're stepping into a new way of being, a new practice of setting boundaries, newer boundaries, it can help just clear things out a little bit. A little practice for you with lemongrass, I'll leave you with this, is that you can breathe in the aroma. And as you breathe in that aroma, just hold the intention to release, to let go and to allow letting go of anything that's not serving you anything that feels unsafe uncertain that just doesn't feel right anymore breathe in the aroma of lemongrass bring cool that thing to mind and just offer it back to the universe to source to god to whatever your vision of a higher power is and let it be transmuted by that how, higher power knowing that it's no longer something that needs to live and exist in your being in your space And I'll leave you with one final blend to help you on your way with this process of setting boundaries. This is from the Gifts of the Essential Oils and it is a blend called Sanctuary of Light. And in that it has lemongrass, it has ginger and it has sandalwood. The lemongrass of course will clear and cleanse. The ginger will give you a sense of power and empowerment within to continue to create the boundaries that you need. And the sandalwood will connect you to spirit, will connect you to higher power, will help the mental chatter of the mind begin to soothe and soften and calm so that the clarity can come through as you take the time, take the space, take the energy to create, to set, and to hold your boundaries. Wishing you so much love. I really hope this has been helpful, this conversation on boundaries for you. And I would love to hear how it lands and the practice for you, what you have taken from it. And with that in mind, just a little request. Throughout the month of October, I am requesting that you help me out. My request is that you will, if you like this podcast and you would like to share it with a friend, please do so. But also, could you, take a few seconds of your time and go in and rate and review the podcast what that does is it elevates the podcast within the ratings of the apple podcast system which is where the majority of people listen to their podcast and it just means we'll reach more people if you have done that thank you so much i'm so grateful And if you are to do that, please just ping me a message when you've done it. You can message me on Instagram or you can message me on my email, Amelia at AmeliaYoga.co.uk. And I will gift you my latest creation, which is a series of seven audio meditations called Evolve. These are beautiful meditations. I'm doing them daily for myself. And there is a lot in there that will support this process of boundary setting for you. You'll find in there meditations for spaciousness, for stillness, for gaining clarity, for support with soul wisdom, soul guidance, as well as meditations to help you rest and relax and restore. So please just, if you haven't already, give a little rate and review, that would really make my day. And I'm so excited to continue with this conversation, to expand the community here so that we can lift each other up, strengthen and embolden each other and love on each other even more than we already do. Much love to you and I'll see you all really soon. Take care.